Hey, Unchained listeners. As you know, it's hard keeping up with the fast-paced world of crypto, so we've got just the thing for you. Subscribe to our free Unchained daily newsletter at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. You'll get the latest crypto news and original articles from our reporters, as well as summaries of other happenings and bullet points, plus our meme of the day, all curated and written by our amazing team. It's still your no-hype resource for all things crypto, just in newsletter form. Sign up at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unchained, a podcast engineered by Fractal Recording and produced by me, your host, Laura Shin, a senior editor at Forbes covering all things crypto. Thanks for tuning in. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please help get the word out about the show. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or in your secret Slack and Telegram channels. And if you have a chance, please give the show a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Big thanks to our sponsor, OnRamp. If you're having an ICO, a token sale, a token allocation event, a token generation event, or whatever you're calling your offering that passes the Howey test, you need a website. Check out OnRamp. This full-service creative and design agency provides its clients with attractive and persuasive branding, websites, and marketing materials. Spark interest in your project. Generate buzz. Check out thinkonramp.com. I am recording here on Sir Richard Branson's Necker Island, which is where the podcast was born a little over a year ago. I'm here again for the Blockchain Summit, which is hosted by the Bitfury Group and Bill Tai, who was a guest on the podcast last year and whose amazing episode you should definitely check out. This year's summit is where I met today's guest, Roya Mahboub, a serial entrepreneur and president of Digital Citizen Fund, Digital Citizen Brew, and Eddie Eddie. And in 2013, she was named one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in the World. Welcome, Roya. Thank you, Laura, for having me here. So, Roya, out of all the Bitcoin entrepreneurs I've ever interviewed, I would say you have the most different and most inspiring story. And you're also using Bitcoin in one of the most different ways. Um, So you're originally from Afghanistan. How did you get your start with technology? Well, um, at age of 16 years old, I heard about that there is a box, that a magic box that you can touch and you can connect with the world and you can ask any question that you want. And then also you can uh, talk with the people without meeting with them and they are ready to answer your questions. So for me, at age of 16, um, I hear that there is Interclub just open in Herat and I, wanted, I went there and that's uh, for the first time when I use the internet um, and use the computer. And I found out that there was a new world outside waiting for me to explore it. And that's what everything's changed for me. From that point on, I decided to make technology the center of my career. So what were you doing back then? Like, was it just like you were Googling questions or, or what? I mean, um, before the using the computer or... Yeah, like when you started. When I, yeah, I was Googling it with, when you put any for like any words you could get thousands of I mean news or uh, you could get a lot of the articles that was a very interesting because at Herod in 2003 um, you know the Taliban just left it and it was very limited books in the library and it was very old books and then mostly coming from Iran and then uh, we didn't have any updated information and it was very, for me it was fascinated that this small boxes you can do we can find any information you know, thousands of the books are or millions of the books are available. And did you speak English at that time? No, it was in Farsi. You could also find a, a lot of information. But I learned English actually through social media, I mean, to 
through chatting, I hear that there was a Yahoo Messenger. You could go to the public and then you could chat with the people. And um, for me, it was interesting, but I was very shy and a very unconfident person. But when I started chatting with people, it's increased my confidence. And I learn, I learn more, and I try to learn. And, and I was had a book that to checking the words and in English, and I can write. So that's I, how I learned. Wait, are you serious? Like, you did you have any formal education in English? Uh, not that much. There was uh, like some books that were available, and then but later on, I had uh, classes in our university that I took it because we had uh, um, we were lucky and we had the German as our teacher. So the only way to communicate with the, our teacher were uh, English, was English. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so impressed with that. So then you also started a company at a young age. How did you come to start your first company? Well, I started working in a um, uh, writing with society coordinator for three years, and then I went to move to Minister of Higher Education and work as IT coordinator, um, project manager of the IT departments. And then at that time, I met with uh, Paul Brinkley and another um, uh, That they were um, he was under the Secretary of Defense and, at that time, and uh, uh, like an American. I guess. Yeah. Okay. And then they were they were coming, and then they had an, a concept to bring like. Um, building a technology center in Herat and that we were discussed about that and but but, uh, but at that time I say okay we were we created a lot of the software and it was mostly free and we showed us software and uh, and applications to a team that he brought from Silicon Valley and everyone is encouraged us and then we said that why we don't make it a commercialized and then that's how I started the against the software oh interesting wait you developed it for the ministry but then you we developed it for university ministry oh. but it was a team of the girls mostly and also there was boys as well but uh, um, uh, we built this uh, most of the educational software free and giving the to the to the public so we didn't tell at that time that maybe we, we might be able to make it commercialized and make money but then when they came and they're discussing about big projects and then that's why we don't start it and then I started my first company and at the same time um, uh, task Force Business of uh, Sustainability Operation, they built an incubator in Herat. Okay, and then I was... Who, who was it that... Uh, task Force for Business and Sustainability Operation. Okay. Uh, it was a program by uh, DOD of US. So um, the they Department brought, of Defense. Yeah. Okay. They built the incubator, the first incubator in Herat. And um, uh, they brought IBM and Google but the IBM were uh, the IBM advisor mentor were reminder. We were like, I was one of the seven uh, c- companies that were, we were in that incubator. And what did your company do? And what was it called? It was called Afghan Citadel Sofia. Uh, before that incubator build, uh, we started to working in the coffee shop and restaurants because we didn't have a place to work. And um, my work was uh, f- we provide services uh, services in IT infrastructure, procurement of the computers, building the networks for uh, like um, uh, universities, or uh, and then also we building the software or giving the consultancy on the applications. So like IT services. Yes, IT full okay. IT services for. Um, and how old were you when you started that company? Uh, I was 23. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. Um, and who were your investors and clients? Like, how did you find business? Was uh, Well, I was trying first to working with the U.S. government. And then um, it, it was good working with the U.S. government. Uh, we could make money with the contracts. But the problem was that the cons- uh, people were conservative. And it, because we were the, uh, mostly female 
engineers that they, uh, they didn't like that we work with them. So there's other rumors and giving our names to the local parliament and conservative leaders. So we decided to work on the government, having government's contracts. But then uh, the other problem was having government contract was that based on the law, women could get participated. But when, once you get a contract, they make your lives like a hell to giving paying your payments. So well, my biggest problem was the corruption that was exist at that time and many of the contracts and with the government. And then the other uh, problem that I had, it was that they don't paying on time. Well, and, and, I, and I want to go back earlier when you were saying, like, when you were trying to get private clients, they were giving your names to who again? And um, No, the private clients didn't give us our names. I mean, when I was starting for working for the U.S. government to uh, to for some of their contracts or NATO, so then conservative and um, the people who didn't like that, they're giving our names to the local Taliban and uh, inform them that, oh, these people, they are women, they are working with military. So that was... What, but what was the purpose of that? They're giving your names to the Taliban? Because it's another threat to us. And they didn't want such threats. Yeah. Like the threats or they were just telling you that you shouldn't work with them or you are like not anymore Muslim. So like they're making a lot of names for you. It wasn't only that you work for the US government. Also, it was the broader problem was that if you work with the men outside, it wasn't at all acceptable. And I was the first, like when we started in technology, we were the first company as a female. I was a CEO, but I, we had also male, uh, like a, a co-worker. But the problem is that our most of my, it wasn't a problem, but it was a problem for the society of conservative and male-dominated that many of the, my employees were women and the young girls. So that wasn't acceptable if we're giving handshake or we work with it. We go to the military places and became, everyone's making like a lot of rumors that, oh, they, they never like... Um, um, uh, mentioned that we were get those contracts, or we, if we work because of our ability, because of uh, we have the like um, have the ability and we have um, talented to work to get this, they make it rumors. Oh, they do blah blah. That's why they get the contract. So they make it that rumors was created uh, was danger for our reputation and as well uh, to living in that conservative society. And you also mentioned that they put a spy in your company? It was after that I became as a time 100. Um, they mm-hmm. uh, they started to put in a spy in my company because my company grew very fast and then I started to hire a lot of the women and also the men uh, to working inside of my company and also work online for me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my um, competitors that didn't like that and they are mostly, the, we call them mafia of IT industry because they get the most, the, at that time they got all the biggest contracts in IT. So, they put it on the spy to giving an information of my whatever I had in projects um, for or what I'm doing and everything is outside. Wow. And um, and also the government, it sounds like, was making things difficult for you. So how did you solve these problems? Well, it was very difficult because uh, in governments at uh, that time, it was like uh, it was elections going on. And then a prison care, they didn't sign the agreement from a prison care. They didn't sign the agreement. The security wasn't that good. It wasn't only for my company. It was for many of the companies at that time. Uh, they had the challenges of very difficult times with the government. And the problem with the government, they didn't support my work. So that was uh, the biggest challenges because uh, when I went to complaining and asking them to support, they never like really very supportive of to help me at that time. And um, I, you also mentioned during the summit that your employees were even attacked. What what happened? Well, when um, 
it was in 2012. I, I packed that why, what's this, uh, what's happening after then I did a contract. What was a contractor? Then I, I pushed back by society because they started to make rumors and then they also put, uh, they broke in our window of our office and then they sent a trades in my house and then that's, uh, I moved to Kabul and then I decided, my team were in Herat, but I decided to be staying in Kabul to not only to be more safe, but also uh, just because Kabul was a bigger place that we could find the clients. And uh, then I decided that, okay, it's very, it's, uh, I sh- should not be relying on the contracts anymore. And I shouldn't be uh, relying on the private sectors that they don't want to work with the women. And uh, I decided to become a statistical citizen and using the advantage of the free market and finding the clients outside of the uh, outside of the, um, the border. So that's why I reached out through the LinkedIn. I, I someone invite me uh, to the LinkedIn um, to create a call. Then I was I went there and I said, "Oh wow, this is a great place." I started to uh, find the clients there, and that was lead me to find an investor there. That he was Italian American, lives in New York. We never meet, and we, he, I, he contacted me, and then we discussed about different projects, and then he interested in one of my ideas and one of our projects, and he invested. And then um, my uh, that investment helped me to um, uh, to make money with advertising and uh, network, uh, uh, um, and then that's what traffic, and then and then uh, I, I decided to giving back to the community. So when I started giving back to the community. We uh, we building the IT centers inside of the schools, and then we teaching the girls about how to work with the computer. And is uh, all of this the Digital Citizen Fund? Digital Citizen Fund, yeah. Now they are all moved to the under the Digital Citizen Fund umbrella. At that time, my company building with uh, the profits that we made it with uh, with um, the with the platform called X. Okay, but keep going with how you were doing that. You were building these education centers. So um, I mean, at that time, I feel that okay. I mean, I could overcome all, lots of the challenges, and it's the, because of the technology and internet. It's uh, it's helped me to um, to not connect to the border of country of domestic life or or a country that uh, some people can make a decision about my life or my company. And um, uh, I overcome a lot of challenges and struggles that we had, and it's um, it's also break down the barriers for me. But I know that there, there are still millions of girls who are outside. They're just like me. They're curious, but giving no vision to explore the world. They wanted to know more, but they don't know what's truly possible for them. And that's why I decided to give him back. And I, I talked with my partner and uh, my business partner, and he was totally agree. And then he says, and he said, I send 50% of your profits, I will send 100%. To building the centers, and that's how we started to building the IT centers. We first started with one of schools. We're building one IT centers for them, and uh, we got a lot of the positive and see the girls. When I see these girls go online for the first time, it always be break the memories of the first time I used the internet at in a cafe in Herat. You right. could literally see the changes in their face. They, these women and girls, they have their entire life just talk with close relatives and the family member. And they said that they are connected with the world and they have a digital voice. They have a voice to talk about their stories that no one wanted at that time listen to them. And the other thing is that these women and girls, their entire life, depending on the men, and for the first time with the, the skills of the technology, with the skill of the internet, they feel the financial independence. And this is, has... Uh, 
the power how the conservative nations can change their view and, uh, uh, on the women. So when I started this building these centers, we also started to provide a training for them. And then we said, okay, they're learning, so what's the next? finding opportunities to find a job for them. So the platform that we built it with um, uh, Francesco was called Women in X. It was a, a technology that allowed the women to write blogs and upload uh, movies and they're working online. And we pay to those who write their original content and uh, better content. We paid uh, for some of those, uh, some of the content, uh, content provider for, and that's uh, lead us that, um, uh, that we can keep continue. And then at that time, I had hundreds of people who started working for me online. And then we had uh, built two offices, one in Herat, one in Kabul. And then we started to hiring people, not only from female, but also from male, that we they do all marketing. It was easier that to do it to men, to go to work with the private sectors and talking easier mm-hmm. than the women mm-hmm. to, to deal with them. So that's how uh, I started to work. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute. And available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. And I actually want to go back to when you stopped working with Afghan companies and the government and found your own citizen or your own clients outside. Where where did you find those clients? Mostly through LinkedIn. Right, but like what countries and mostly it was in America. And then um, uh, the good thing is that when I found this uh, my business partner, and he he started to like when he was in my company, in my idea we we shift our um, contract base to only focusing on working on that platform WomenX and develop the software. So we oh, shifted oh, so later. Eventually it was just the yeah. blog. Okay. Yeah, and then that platform is make us enough money. That we keep continuing, and the money you were generating revenue from ads. It was uh, from advertising and ad network, and also the traffic. We got six thousands of the um, public domain, and also some from, from private uh, filmmakers uh, um, donated in our platform. So we created, um, generated uh, views, and then that's we had like two million uh, some of the month, and then we had also the months that we had five million viewers mm-hmm. that uh, they came to our platform. Great. And I actually just also want to ask you about your family. Did they fully support you in all this or did they also have reservations? When uh, when I was started, before I started my campaign, um, uh, my family, my father was very open mind. And that's why, I mean, he was very supportive of what I do. My mom as well. And then uh, my brother were at the beginning conservative. I mean, of course, they were living in conservative and very male-dominated uh, country. And that's why uh, they were at the beginning not happy but um when i started to uh, social media really empowered me and i started to talk at the home and then giving the ideas and the beginning you know i started ignoring what 
whatever I had an idea, but later on they start to think differently. And then, um, it's very, very important when you're living in such conservative societies to have support of the family. If I didn't have the support of my family, I wasn't be able to do any of these things. Of course, I, I, I motivate my family. I involved with everything they did. And uh, that's why they, they keep continuing to support me. And when I, where there was a time that, uh, the new bears and the, the men and our, um, uh, Herat, uh, community, they came to my father and they told that, I, they have to stop me. He has to stop me. He had to stop me because I am a um, uh, dishonored family. I am working with the military. I'm working with the firearms and I'm taking pictures. It's, it's not good for a Muslim woman. Wait, I'm or, sorry. Who was this that came to your family and said that? It's a day when, uh, it's a, when you, like my, uh, our society is different. Like, uh, the community members are like um, the Shora or the people that they know my father. So they reach mm. out to friends of my father, the, uh, the people who work, my, my father worked with them. So they came and they told my father, they have, he has to stop. And it's otherwise I might be end up to be a very bad, like very dishonoring the family. So I ha- they have to stop it now. And what did your father say? My father says that um, he I, he said that he will sup- he fully trusts me and he he knows what I'm doing and uh, he involved in everything and um, he won't stop me and uh, that's why I keep continue. But of course, at at that point uh, when the, I received attacks and as well, it wasn't a good time to stay in Herat, so that's why I left it to Kabul. Okay, and then. Is it at Digital Citizen Fund that you were having difficulty paying your users? It was a bit a woman and X platform. So that's, uh, we had difficulties because when the number of uh, users increased and then um, we had a problem of paying the uh, students and many of these female students didn't have a bank account. I mean, almost 99% of them didn't have a bank account. And why not? Because based on the law of Afghanistan, women can have a bank account when they become 18 years old. But based on the culture, it was mostly cultural and barriers. And there are many of the family they didn't believe on the banking system. Or it's still, even it's not about the female, I guess that maybe only 30% of the Afghans uh, trust the bank. They're still using the Hawala system. I don't know if you hear about Hawala system. Is is um, a Hawala system is uh, started in eight eight century. It's for many uh, years was uh, the only way uh, trustful transfer of the money. So it's like um, I trust someone, uh, and then I give the money to this person, and this person knows that another person's. To, and then that person, he called that person to give a code to that person, and that person gave the money to to others. It's like oh my god, it's a it kind of like a similar to um, uh, to Bitcoin, but it's not like really. Right. Right. But it's kind of at that um, many still in Afghanistan and many other countries are still using the Howl system. It's like an eighth century Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. That they, <laughs> they, they call the Bitcoins is the twenty first century of Howl system. So that's, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Love it. Uh, yeah. And then, um, so we, the problem that, and then there was also other issues that the women, uh, I mean, the bank is the same. They have to 
go to the bank and Roger said they have to have every of like um, documents and, and they have to have permission of the families and family didn't want to open a bank account for them so it was a lot of the struggle that we had and then we decided to use a PayPal account and PayPal didn't work in Afghanistan and then uh, we decided to use uh, mobile money it was a pesos and then and the problem with mobile money was if we send the money it still was expensive because uh, the receiver and transfer still caught the money so if, if it wasn't really affordable that we send it through and at that time it wasn't really worked they they had this concept for years uh, through USID program but at that, the time that we wanted they didn't really implement it uh, in a way that we could use it so we were just looking to, to find a base because the number of users get increased and we didn't know how to paying these employees. And for me, it was difficult because the money came to my bank account and, and it was also dangerous for me because if, if people people find out, oh, she has a lot of money, right. and they keep knocking and the, the, uh, stolen the money was was exist. And every time that I went to bank to get the money to uh, to distribute it, I had to brought my brother, cousin, and uh, also my other male uh, employees to go with me to the bank to get the money and then we go together because it was difficult. And then the other problem was with the money is when you distribute the money, we all we didn't only have the female who write the blogs, but we also had some male. But some of them, especially from male, they they get the money and then they, just, they came back again and didn't deny. And you you show them the signature and they said, this is not my signature. So this was another issue. That Wait, I don't understand. They deny what? They deny that they get the money. So, oh, like they want to be paid a second time. Yeah, for the second time. And then um, it was another challenge for my employees to managing of the, how, the, like, uh, keeping the records of these people that they get paid and then, like, they want a second, uh, second time. Oh so it's like we had this difficulties uh, a lot. And Actually, I also want to go back when you said that you had to go to the bank with your male relatives and employees. Like, it, it, your, the bank account was in your name, right? Yeah. So I don't understand. The reason I, to protect uh, us um, to get the money from the bank and going back to the home. And at that time, there were, there were a lot of like, criminal uh, that if they find out that you have a lot of money in the bank and when you go and coming back and forth, it was more safe to go with a couple of men. Right. And then um, it was a more uh, like, I think we didn't have the trust to the people in the bank or we didn't trust the environment. So we decided to have some people to protect us, to go and bank. And then the other thing, that these are issues that I have to give the money to the different schools and different people to come and then they distribute the money to the users. And it was a challenging for us to keep record of uh, every every person. Bank Banking was good if we could send to everybody and we could keep every records, but um, uh, unfortunately they didn't have the bank. So then how did you hear about Bitcoin? So it was, uh, then uh, my former business partner, Francesco, one day sent me an article about Bitcoin and he says, what do you think about this? And then I was reading, I was a bit skeptical, and then I said, what does it eat? And then I was reading, and then he keeps sending me the article, and he was so fascinated about Bitcoins. And he said that, Roya, I'm going to move to Bitcoins. And I said at that time, I think the price of Bitcoin was $800 in 2013, I guess. But And then I said, yeah, it's interesting. And then when I read about the concept, it was so similar to Howell system. Right. And I was like, okay, so maybe I can explain to the people easier. And then when I started to tell students that how we, or the users, how we're going to pay them, 
I was used to have all it. And then I just told them that this is a new version of digital of the housing. I love it. And, and it's crazy to me that the the system didn't change from the 8th century until the 21st century, but they replaced it with the digital version of the same old system. It's amazing. Yeah. But I mean, the uh, Bitcoin has a lot of features. I mean, blockchain and Bitcoin has a lot of features that they can keep the records and a lot of other things. But it still, it was very easier to explain everybody. Right. And then I said that this is the money that you can keep it. I mean, you know, to explain to for Afghans when they don't touch the, some things, it was difficult that they accept. But when you talking about like how the system was easier that they can understand, and we told them that they can keep their monies in digital wallet. And then and the good thing is also was in the way that we brought the Bitcoins in Afghanistan was that when the students at that time, when the females started to make money, some of the family take with the with force the money from them, and they like they couldn't buy the things that they want. It was always when they make money, someone is taken from them, and then and um, and I wanted that they have a freedom of their what they make it. And of course, I was uh, totally support them that they can support their families, but also for those who wanted to save it and wanted to keep it for their future, for their education, or for whatever they needed for uh, for their lives. It was good to. Um, to keep it in a you know, digital wallet. So we teach them about how to build the e-wallet and then uh, how to keep the Bitcoins there. And then uh, that's how we brought it. And then um, the another challenge was that who, how they make it cash in case that they need it. So then my company decided to also make the make them cash in the uh, in the, in the rate of what's in, what's in the market. And then we also talking with a couple of the shops that if that time that if the students have uh, to get received bitcoins to encourage them, they can buy the stuff. So we talked with some of the shops that they had the clothing and uniform for the school or uh, going outside. And they accepted in case that we immediately make for them a cash. And we discussed with them, we teach them about bitcoins. So it wasn't going well. And then we decided also to talking about, um, and then it was... Uh, and then there was also time that we decided to building. Um, um, uh, we also decided to building, and then um, there was call it like they could. There was a card that we built it. The students who have make bitcoins, if they wanted to buy online books, so then we could do the buying for them online books. Oh, like a debit card. Yeah, and then we we received the uh, books in um, in uh, our office, and then we could send that to Afghanistan and distribute it to to the students. And we encourage many of these students to keep their bitcoins to if they go on like if they couldn't go to university in Afghanistan, they can study online and paying for the university in bitcoins, or they can make it the cash later. And that was how we started in 2013 and 2014, and uh, the platform worked very well. And then we started working in Pakistan. We started paying the users in Pakistan. We started also in Egypt. We started in Mexico, and it's growing very fast. How many users? Were you? We had more than sixty thousand subscription, and then, then the user that they provide at least, I guess, that twenty five percent was trying to contribute it, but some of them rarely contributed, and we make more money. And that's um, that was also another reason that we we started rethinking to how to bring the changes was when the user increase, the money that we had is get less and less because we have to distribute it to many of the counter. Uh, con- content contributor mm-hmm. and I found out that the Afghans when they're writing the blogs they didn't write in the in the quality that they get more money so that was all uh, all a decision that we we decided to making a new platform a new thing that to educate the girls that I started ADAD platform 
and it still is in under uh, um, under development. And uh, but that's my next uh, platform that I'm going to work on. That. Okay, so we're going to break now for an important word from our sponsor, OnRamp, but we'll come back and, and learn more about Eddie Eddie. With so many companies vying for people's attention now, it's important to stand out from the pack. If you're starting up a new decentralized project and want to spread the word about it, check out OnRamp, a full-service creative agency that helps projects maximize awareness, gain traction, and accelerate growth. OnRamp has helped numerous organizations do everything from create their branding and identity to redesign their existing website. Plus, they've helped blockchain startups and projects. Whether you're launching a new project, repositioning an existing organization, or just want to freshen your company's look, OnRamp can come up with a tailored design project or a strategic marketing plan that ensures your lead in the market. Learn more and see examples of its work at thinkonramp.com. So, yeah, why don't you continue with Eddie Eddie? What are your goals there? So, with Eddie Eddie, we are trying to bridge the gap between education and job markets, and uh, and we are trying to educate the kids and the teen- teenagers uh, mostly to learn about vocational skills that that created a job for them later uh, in the market, and. Um, uh, we, right now, we are in very early stage, and uh, we are hope that that would be my next uh, company. I, I I brought the platform that we built it in in the US, and then uh, we registered there, and uh, we got the offer of investment. Hopefully, um, oh, uh, hopefully we get the pay, uh, get the money, and we can start to work on uh, on this platform. But and, what what did you do with the um, what's it Women X? What? Uh, Women next we in uh, end of 2014 we closed the oh, platform, okay. and then we decided to just provide a training in blockchain and what the blockchain is and what the Bitcoin is. Keep continue through digital some funds through the same organization. Yeah. Okay. And then right now we train the girls just to learn about Bitcoin concept. They learn about uh, uh, how to make a wallet, and then they right now they also start to learn about Ethereum, and they learn also about uh, blockchains. So is it like teaching them the code in addition? Or? Yes. We're okay. In additional cell phones, we provide training in coding. They learn about how to code and they learn about ICT. From first, they started to learn how to work with computers because many of them, they never saw a computer or they never had access to computer. So uh, we provide training from basic. They learn about computer and then they learn about social media. After social media, the students who are in advanced classes, then they can to learn about coding. When they learn about coding, they learn about Bitcoin concept, they learn about blockchain, they learn about Ethereum, and uh, they learn about the concept of this. Because I believe the education and awareness is a great things that we can um, we can promote and advocate that how uh, our governments can use blockchain in the future. And uh, that's how we have to start it from early stage, early ages, that teaching the kids. And they are really like, uh, very willing to learn and they are more interested uh, to learn. We also, traditional funds, provide financial literacy that is just started and uh, we're t- uh, uh, teaching the kids that how to manage the money from level of home to entrepreneurship. So mm-hmm. when we, ca- we say that we came to advanced classes, we combine of the, uh, those students who learn about coding, we take the students to work with uh, those who learn about financial literacy to start a business. So we oh, have wow. 100 women this year they started uh, to working together or they started by themselves uh, uh, in five industries. Agriculture, food, uh, fashion, handcraft, and robotic and games. Yeah, well, so what, maybe you can give some examples of some of the companies, but then I want to talk about the robotics too. Sure. We have one of the students that uh, she learned, she came to our classes to learn about coding and also social media. She learned about ice cream 
I mean, she learned how to write, uh, uh, um, to make an ice cream and uh, from Italian um, recipe. And she went to back home and she told her father that uh, she wanted to start a business in ice cream. And her father, was, <laughs> she's crazy and he didn't want to listen. For six months, she had a struggle to convince her father to get a, a machine of the, to make him ice cream. And then, then her father told her that she only can do it for her relatives, only the family, not outside, because her father was filled that shame or whatever. He didn't wanted to support her. But then she started to do it, and then the neighbors and the and the relatives started to order and giving for like the events and the parties that they had. She made a very very delicious cream. Right now she is uh, distributed to all the restaurants in Herat. Wow. And her father, brothers, and mom joined to her business. And they're oh, working wow. as a family business. And they're all working for her. Uh, all working. And she's a boss. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And then we have another student in agriculture. Her father had a farm, big farms, but her father had a struggle to um, to how to make money with the, with the, with the farms that they had and uh, agriculture business. And uh, her daughter, Parvane, she's coming to our classes and she learned about the business class and how to make the business plan and marketing and accounting and everything. And she, and she also learned about how to coding. So she came to her father and she told about her business idea. Her father, he, her father also didn't want to listen to him. And then she reached to her uh, teacher and the teacher convinced her father came to the classes and then and listened to her pitch. And then her father, for the first time, listening to her daughter's speech of the business, and the the ego of the men that you know that never like listening to the daughters. Her father was really like impressed with her daughter, and it was has never come to her mind that his mind that her daughter capable of this, and she can do it. She can be like a son. And now um, her father changed whole of his business based on what uh, her daughters uh, suggest her. Wow. And now, not only they dry the Spanish and they make a packet and they, and they bring it to market, it was interesting that no one has come to their mind that they can do dry the Spanish and make money. And this is to brought from Iran. They always, like for years and years, we brought from Iran, but no one thought that to do it. Very simple things. And she did it. And then now she's working on her website to making online businesses into selling the, um, the dry fruits and uh, the everything that they have in their farms to make it dry and uh, sell it out. Wow. So going back to the robotics, I also know that you sponsored that girls robotics team that made yeah. so much news recently, but it almost didn't happen. Tell the story of the obstacles they faced and how they overcame them. Sure, and uh, Afghanistan team. I mean, uh, we started um, about robotic uh, in end of the 2016 uh, when um, uh the president of first school ball, contacted me and he told me about uh, the amazing program that he has and he wanted to do the first Olympic game uh, in uh, in DC. And he asked me if I know a team of the teenagers that uh, in high school that they can participate from Afghanistan. So I started really research about that to finding the, the stream, but I couldn't, and uh, it was difficult. And then I said, "Oh well, I have all the programs in my school, so why shouldn't I start a team of the girl to come for robotic? Because everyone think how did that time robotics for boys? So I made it a competition. Um, we made it take test uh, exams from 150 students. We taught. Uh, uh, we took uh, 22 and then get 20, then 15 students to come to our program. But the problem was uh, we, when we started, we had a problem of the training. 
and because many of these kids didn't know about robotic and some of them they a little bit know about it for like very simple concept of robotic and and there were the challenges of that that the families took their daughters out of the programs because they said that first they don't want to let their girls go to us and then what robotic it means so they took it only six families remind and then um we had problem with electricity, internet connections, and of course, as again, with uh, the training and trainer. And then, um, then uh, in the March of 2017, when first call about some uh, robotic kits, uh, stay in our custom. So custom team wants to give the robot mm. kids because they have never saw something like this came to Afghanistan, and they say that it might be danger. Maybe it's come to the wrong hands and be ISIS used it against the government. So they didn't want to give to us. And then we keep continue to talk with them, and we brought all the documents and show them. But they didn't work. They didn't care. We told them that it's a competition. When they hear that this is a female team, so they didn't care at all at that time. So they didn't want to give off their robot. So it's three months to stay in with them. This is just the components to build a robot. Yes, wow. it was a. Okay. Um, and then, um, then we had these challenges, and then the girls went for the first time to do the interview in the U.S. Embassy, and unfortunately, um, with respect of the decision of the consular, uh, they were rejected. And the entire team rejected, and they came back, and we talked with Joseph Sek, and then he talked with the State Department, and then they says, okay, we will give another chance to, to the girls to come for the second time. And then, in meanwhile, we still keep continuing to ask the government to give us the uh, robotic kits that we can work with that. And then they didn't. So then the girls started to working with the handmen, the staff with the cartoon, plastic, and they started to building their own a small robot to learn how to work. They build like uh, small cars, they build a train, they build for themselves to um, uh, dry uh, hair, dry, uh, dry yeah. hair, dry hair. And then uh, they build this small service and to not uh, to, to motivate to keep continuing. And then and the men will, and then they invited for the second time interview. And unfortunately, the second time was in the middle. The appointment was at the time that, uh, if you remember, it was early of June, and there was an attack in Kabul. There was a protest going on. It was so bad. It was three days after. After it was three times attack. And then there was a protest in the streets, and the security wasn't good at all. And the families didn't want to let the girls to come at that time. And then many of these girls again crying and asking, begging their families to allow them for the second chance. At least they have opportunity to to come and present um, their robots in, in this competition. But um, at the end, the family allowed for one day. We brought the kids and um, to Kabul and then we sent them to embassy with the hope that at least a few of them get accepted. But unfortunately, again, everyone's rejected. And um, it was quite upsetting to see that uh, our t- entire team rejected them. And what government. was the embassy's reason? Well, um, there was a couple of things they did. They don't tell exactly the reason, but there was a couple of things. Was One is that the limited number of the B1, B2 for Afghan citizens. Uh, and then second, that there was another concern is that maybe the girls uh, staying or staying in the United States. So... Um, which we believe that these kids were under the age of 18. They couldn't speak English, and then they had a problem of the family. It was very difficult to get their family's permission to mm-hmm. come for one week. And uh, in any case, um, uh, 
the girls back and they were very, very upset but uh, disappointed with the decision but then the girls decided to build their robot in any way they wanted to um, send their robot so they built the robot during the Ramadan and then um, before 8 they uh, complete the robots and then they send it to, to the US and then we tried to find another team of Afghan Americans here to be representative of them but in meanwhile we started to also when we find out that we are only one of two teams uh, in 163 countries that they get we are one of two countries that denied the result we were get upset that mm. because um, my students was uh, Fatima says that uh, I always thought the Americans are our friends because of 15 years of relationship with the United States and uh, what the United States and other international community did for us like to in terms of women empowerment in terms of the education for women in terms of the women rights and democracy so we couldn't believe that our team of a girl couldn't come here but our new birds could come in like Pakistan, Iran, Sudan, all of them could come in, but uh, our team couldn't get it. So, but then... And then we started to uh, to talk with the press, and the, um, the, and I, we are very, very thankful. The first um, uh, magazine wrote it was Forbes, oh. uh, the first one. Um, and uh, and then after that, a lot of other um, uh, media and the press contacted us, and uh, we continued to talk with them. And then... Um, and they, I mean, I think it was part of the media. So they covered the, the finally, story. President Trump felt pressure. Exactly. To, okay. They made uh, these stories, and then the congressman uh, Joe Carty and Susanna, they started to also write a petition that uh, get fifty-three other congressmen signature that uh, to ask from the department to give us the visa. And then it was just when when I saw that article, I said, "Oh, something's going to be happen." It was the week before, and we didn't get any preparation. We we didn't know what's going to happen. And then the next day, uh, and uh, President Trump approved that the girls can come here. And then afterward, the reaction in Afghanistan was a little bit different than what you expected. What was that? <laughs> yes, and it was a, uh, it was uh, like. I mean, when the time that we didn't get the visa and we started to do press and everyone's talk about it, many of the press wrote about and showing the girls. And even uh, Bernie Sanders, Senator Bernie Sanders wrote in her, uh, his Facebook and Senator Shaheen's and like everyone's talk about that. But my government and my people get so silent and they didn't talk about this. And we tried to approach them and ask them to just um, say one a few sentences that they are proud of the girls. It doesn't matter if they didn't get the visa, just to create a hope for other girls and other families that we can continue the same program in Afghanistan. And unfortunately, it didn't work. But um, when President Trump uh, approved, uh, and the first person who recognized us as the Afghanistan team was Afghan ambassador in DC. I'm very, very thankful to him, and he wrote that he's proud of our team. And uh, he came to airport, and uh, he came, and I think also a deputy on the uh, State Department also joined. And then, yeah, the girls when came here for uh, to the airport when they arrived. They just surprised with all of this media and all the attention everyone's coming. And uh, I think that was quite very, very proud moment for Afghans. Or I think it's a, it's supposed to changing. You know, like um, for centuries, women's ability was ignored. And not only women, even our voice getting ignored by our community, our societies, our government. And uh, but now 
No, it didn't. And then uh, when they got back, President President Ashrafani is on the call, and and they meet with President Ashrafani and First Lady. They meet with uh, Chief Executive Dr. Abdullah. Oh, wow. yeah, they meet with uh, former President Karzai. They meet with ministers. They meet with the Parliament representative, and everyone's happy and proud of them. And it was for the first time that the girls from Afghanistan participated in the science and technology mm. in something that it. It never happened in centuries in the past, right. and um, and and it was. I mean, I feel that oh my God, something has changed. They are yet become as a symbol of hope, but they become as a symbol of unity, and um, uh, these girls bring a light in the, uh, in the heart of the Afghans. Of course, we got a lot of threats by conservative, but I see also the men in our community especially in Harad, they jump in and they stand with the girls. And it's never happened in the past. Yeah. I mean, if the, a woman get, um, uh, get threats by local conservative, local Taliban or by Taliban or conservatives, usually you can see less people wants to be involved to support. And, uh, but for these girls, we saw that this is happening. Yeah, and, I and it's interesting that it was a 180, like, just over such a brief time period. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, I was, like, surprised in seeing, reading the comments and reading that how many Afghans men support. And they said that they are proud of these girls. And um, the great thing is that I feel that now our leaders, our people, believe the women's ability in the science and other technology. So this is very important for us. And now I hope that to hear our voice and lead not only for the female, uh, the young girls, but also for youths, for men, uh, for the boys as well, to give them an opportunity that they can change their lives and they can design created things that they can change their lives and their communities. So this is very important. Um, so I actually, I want to go back to Bitcoin. I know you're not using it r- right now. Um, why not? And, and tell us what you're thinking about maybe a token. Well, I actually, um, I personally use the Bitcoins. I invest yeah. on the Bitcoins and we do the trades uh, with the Bitcoins. Like, uh, what do you use it for to, like, pay your sister? Uh, or? I mean, with my sister-in-law and I do the, the trades and then using the Bitcoin at Ethereum, we invest it. Uh, we lost Wait, a lot you, of Are you doing, like, when personally, you trades, you mean, like, you're trading? Yeah, trading. Oh, wow. oh. Uh, my sister doing it. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, she's doing it and um, she's, um, uh, she was also the first teacher to teach the kids to uh, how to worry about bitcoins and we lost but I have to say that with the bitcoin we lost a lot of the money as well because the mm-hmm. price goes and uh, up and down but now uh, but we believed on the bitcoin so we keep some of our bitcoins and uh, but now we decided that um, to working a new concept because this woman who started a business so what's the next for them they have to sell their product and still the banking has this issue and it's very difficult to buying and uh, I mean selling to the online banking system in Afghanistan with a lot of bureaucracy and uh, procedure that they have. So we are going to starting a new platform is online marketplace that this woman uh, all the skills that we have in our program plus the other business women that they can participate here uh, participate in the platform and they can sell uh, their goods online and buying the goods online and they will use the bitcoins 
uh, in this platform. Oh, wow. And uh, we also providing training. Uh, it's not only for just sell and buy. This platform also provides training for the uh, for the females about uh, what's the markets and uh, what's new in the markets and all the the news of the. Um, um, about business, marketing, and everything is there. We, we're provided. And then this woman have a platform that they can communicate, it, uh, do business together, do partnership, or do meetup uh, places. So all this is going to happen to this marketplace. And it's good things that um, to coming here at um, a Blockchain Summit uh, at Nick Holland, such a lucky I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is that to hearing the others, um, like everyone's here has a, a, like a beautiful story. You know, they have very inspiring story that they're working in different technology and they're using the blockchain and bitcoins for um, different industries. And I got some sort of idea that we wanted to implement in our uh, a marketing uh, place or Afghan marketplace that uh, uh, hopefully when I back and I'm trying to make some partnership and visually our um, to um, before that we will be able to uh, to make this happen in Afghanistan because they, we can simply use for law, giving loan uh, social loan to the women uh, to be P two B in this platform that the woman can start their businesses and get a loan with uh, and oh, then, a loan yeah yeah okay. and then it's, we can also using the blockchain for technology of insurance for the this woman oh, so they can right. send the products outside of the U S outside outside of Afghanistan but using the insurance to. Uh, for the protection of here yeah, jewelries or whatever they build it. Right. So there are lots of the technology that exists in blockchain that um, sometimes we don't aware, but in such kind of the amazing uh, uh, summits, we can learn about others and how we can collaborate it. Right, so but you were saying also, because you were saying that you might use Bitcoin, but then you also said some people suggested to you to use your own token. Are you? Uh, we sure. are trying. Yes, we uh, we went to a similar university uh, two weeks ago, and uh, I talked with the students there, and uh, we discussed about this platform. And some of them uh, suggest that why you don't use your own coins, uh, okay. building your own coins. So we are working on that as well okay. to see that if we can building our own coins um, in this platform, okay. or we using Bitcoin. So this is uh, two things that we are still uh, <laughs> trying to figure out that which one is better for us. Bitcoin has a value, so that's the uh, important about Bitcoins. It, it has a, it's a value. It could be uh, for anything that we can use that. But if we have our own coins, it's also much easier, and uh, it would be coins to support women, and that would be in the platform, and we can easily, we can easily work with that. But we have to work on the concept and figure out that what is much be- uh, what is the best for us to use. And I have to mention that is the marketplace is not going to be only for Afghanistan, but but it will be as a pilot project for Afghanistan because this digital sim funds has programmed Mexico, Brazil, and other countries that we wanted to try to um, to make it bright. Uh, I mean, bring it to the other countries as well to help the women in the, that they are in the business. For this is mostly for the smart uh, small businesses and medium sized businesses that they can support them. Well, this is amazing. I'm so excited that I got to meet you and to learn about your work. Um, you. So where can people lo- learn more about you and also get in touch with you? Uh, digital Sun Fonts is our website. We have to update it, but it's our website that they can learn about our projects. And, and digitalcitizenfund.org? Yes, dot okay. org. And then um, the, um, I am, I, I can, they can find me through Twitter. My email address is there and uh, I'm always... Um, 
trying to respond to email fast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, we have a Twitter account, we have a, a website that they can co- uh, contact with us. And uh, I wanted to get the opportunity to announce uh, one of our projects um, to support Digital Sun Fund. It's a new uh, initiative that we started. Uh, it's called Digital Sun Brew. Um, and we created a coffee uh, and a tea that we bring a spice from, we buying the spice, uh, special spice like saffron from Afghanistan and from our students that are working on the farms. And we brought it, uh, we will bring it to US and then we bring this and, uh, coffee from South America. We made a very delicious um, blending of this uh, formula of the coffee. Uh, it's very good for depression, for the health, for the heart, uh, for the heart. And as well, it's a unique um, product that support uh, education and technology access for different countries that women have um, the ability to learn about uh, new skills and they can get your financial independence. Okay, great. Well, that's so exciting. Thank um, you. I will check it out. But thank you, Roya, for coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me here. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. If you're interested in learning more about Roya, check out the show notes, which are available on my Forbes page, forbes.com slash sites slash Laura Shin. Unchained comes out every other Tuesday. Please share the podcast with friends and on social media. And remember to review, rate, and subscribe to it in iTunes or your preferred platform. Thanks again for listening.